0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bikini Things. You got your girl Laura here in the home studio, and today I am going to be sitting down with Corey Hagman. She is an IFBB bikini pro based in Los Angeles, California, currently in nursing school, and also she is an online contest prep coach. This is a great episode. Corey has a lot of great knowledge and experience to share. You won't want to miss it.
1: Good. I, uh, I'm coming back from a diet break. So, I mean, hopefully, uh, got a, got a little, little more carbs in me and, uh, enough to, um, yeah, to, to chat and kind of go over some things.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to, to chat with you and, and it was really nice just catching up with you when we did your, your toxic angels bikini fitting a few weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. Um, the diet break you took, were you guys in Tulum?
1: Yes. Yes, we were. It was, it was good. Um, we, it, it wasn't, um, the trip I expected just because, you know, we'd gone in December actually like for a Christmas vacation, but, uh, this trip, uh, the second day, our entire group was, um, sick and um, we were all pretty much sick and like, like really messed up. So, um, you know, it, uh, it happens, but at the same time, it's like, it's nice to be sick out in the sun and, uh, get a, get a little color and get a, get some tan. But, um, yeah, I was, it was nice to get away, but I, I'm, I know you're the same way, like you thrive in routine and structure. So, I mean, I, I am kind of glad to be back and, uh, you know, be able to just kind of do, do what I'm used to doing, you know?
0: For sure. For sure. Well, I'm glad I'm glad it was still a good time for you guys. And it looked, it looked like a, a ton of fun what you were sharing on social media. And and you're absolutely right. Part of the part of the reason why I'm so excited to talk with you is I think you and I are somewhat similar. I just identify with a lot of with a lot of the methods that you bring to competing. And I know you also coach people. So I'm I'm very excited to kind of jump in and and chat with you about all that but before we do that for those listeners that maybe maybe aren't familiar with you or don't don't know you I would love to take a step back and kind of just talk about the early days of your competing journey and what that looked like you know what what first got you interested or even aware of competing in the first place and and what is your journey as as a competitor all the way from amateur level to the IFBB stage what's that been like
1: no, and definitely cut cut me off if I uh, if if there's like a follow up question. But um, I started competing in 2014, and it was largely in part to having a couple years under my belt already of tracking macros, tracking calories, and training. You know, not we all a lot of a lot of girls in this sport. Um, they have a background either in high school sports or you know recreational sports, even in college. I played sports year year round, um, but I had a chance my last year of high school to really just start going to the gym in a more structured fashion and, you know, start designing more of like a program, um, you know, kind of, kind of based off what I already did in school and in those, in that capacity, um but when I got to college, I, I was like, man, like, this is a lot of fun. And this is, you know, you're, you're finding yourself. A lot of us are in college. And I, I really liked making fitness, you know, a big part of my life. And it, you know, it brought me a lot of happiness. So I, you know, kind of lived that lifestyle. I, I loved the process of just tracking what you're eating, making those little changes, you know, to try to get a little closer to, you know, that, that body that you want. And, um, I followed a lot of competitors, you know, on Instagram and back then it it was a different world, but I saw competing, you know, I had always seen it as something like it's unattainable. It's something I'll never be able to do, but I, you know, kind of want to. And it was, I think 2014, I I just broken up with a guy who hated, hated the, the muscles on girls. I mean, like he really, he wanted me to be like, just very thin and very slender and, even when I was with him, I would show him pictures of these, these pros. Like, I mean, I swear I showed him Ashley K back then. I'm like, Oh my God, she's gorgeous. And like, look at her glutes and her shoulders. And the more he would push back the more, I'd be like, Ooh, yeah. But I, I like that. Look, it's yeah, very, really. like feminine and like, <laughs> like I want this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, when I, when I got out of that relationship, honestly, I was like, man, I, kind of just want to try it. I just want to see, you know, I, I already managed my own nutrition and my own training. Um, and I, I think I can prep myself. So I started prepping for a show and, um, I did two shows my first season. Um, I was, I was young. I was eight, 19. Um, and I did really well. My first show, um, went, did second show about a month later. Um, but I mean, when you're new to competing, you're all kind of the same we're all really small and under muscled under conditioned so it's like okay well you did did your shows now what do you need to improve on so i took a year off um got into powerlifting. i did a usapl meet um i was strong for me but i mean those girls are on a completely different level so i built a little bit of muscle came back did a couple shows i actually did shows in a different organization and, you know, it was, it was good. It was a good experience, but like, I really just never saw myself as someone who had what it takes to be an IFBB pro. Um, I actually earned my pro card in a different organization that, I mean, is not even around anymore. So that should kind of tell you enough, like it, it was just not very saturated. The level of competition was not what is currently in the IFBB or even what was, and what was the IFBB back then. So, um, you know, I finished, um, finished up school. I moved to Virginia for my first job and I didn't really have a desire to compete because I, I just felt like, okay, well, I turned pro in this other organization. Now that's, that's great. And you know, that feels good. I like this, but like, I, I don't know if I have what it takes to be at that level, um, you know, to be professional in the IFBB because it is a different level entirely. So I had about four years off, um, you know, kind of fluctuated with weight, you know, was never really that lean again. I just kind of sat a little heavier, um, you know, built builds a good amount of muscle, but um it wasn't until 2020 that I really had an itch to you know try competing again and you just see, you know, do I do I like this? Do you know because my experience had always been, you know, I love the process of it. I love managing my nutrition. I love setting these, you know, very short-term goals, but the competing aspect of it, that was just like the cherry on top, you know? So in 2020, um, you know, everyone, uh, out here in California, we're, we're all locked down, very limited on what we can do. And I, uh, um, yeah, the company I was with, they actually went out of business. So I was, went from working, 60, 70 hours a week to, you know, not, not being employed. And that was a really big change for me. So I had already kind of said, you know, there's not a lot going on right now. I kind of want to see, you know, can I use this time and devote it to something that does make me happy and, you know, is a challenge. So got back into competing. Um, and I did really well. My first show back, I picked some national shows later, um, Later in the year, was really close to a pro card then, and you know that just really lit the fire, you know, under me. I mean, I was very happy with what I brought to the stage, but I also, even at the time, I could see, okay, there's a lot more I can do. So, going into 2021, um, you know, I, I hired Shane Hughley, I worked with him, and um, got ready for Junior USA, is where I earned my pro card. I won the overall. And, um, yeah, I got to do three pro shows after that. And now we're here. I took, took some time off. Now I'm 10 weeks into prep and, um, about five, seven weeks out.
0: That's so exciting. That's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a great, that's a great synopsis. And, and what a cool journey you've had kind of t- turning pro in a, in a completely different federation and then, and then transitioning in back into MPC, IFBB now. Um, that's so cool. You mentioned that early on you were coaching yourself, Corey, how did you, how did you get to the point where you knew how to do that? Like, how did you learn about training or nutrition in the first place? Were there classes you took or books you read or just how did you learn all of that?
1: So I first started tracking macros, calories um, in high school, and I know it sounds very disordered, so I'll expand on it. Um, I would never, I would never tell a 15 year old to track the way I was tracking um, because I mean, like it does stem from a place of thinking like, Hey, I need to be smaller. And like, there's very specific cases where that might actually be true. So I wanted to have more control over my body composition because, you know, I'm a teenage girl and I'm like, I don't like how I look and I want to look this way. So I, I think at the time I think I started using my fitness pal in like 2010 and it was more so because I was like, okay, I want to just know, I want to just have an idea of what I'm eating and I want to understand it. And I want to see, you know, do certain foods make me feel fuller? Um, do certain foods cause GI distress or make me feel, you know, bigger, just more bloated. Do I gain weight off certain amounts of things? And that portion of, I guess, of my coming up was, very, just like experimental, just self-taught. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college, um, where I think, I think 2011 was kind of when Instagram was like really blowing up. So you had a lot, you had a lot of competitors. You had a lot of educators in the space who were posting just information, you know, that was just Mm -hmm. so easily accessible. So, um, the the number one person who I think at the time I, I learned just a lot of what I know now and a, a lot back then was, um, or is Lane Norton. And I mean, he's mm-hmm. someone that at the time, I mean, he was preaching the exact same things he's preaching now, which mm-hmm. is, you know, really cool to see, you know, over 10 years, someone is exactly the same, like they are who they say they are and their beliefs, you know, yes, they might vary and they might change slightly, but like their ethics, like they're, they're just that firm. They're that solid. And he, really instilled this idea for me, at least that, you know, you can diet, you can go about contest prep, however you'd like, but if someone is telling you like, Hey, a certain food calorically is going to have a a different effect on fat loss. That's just simply not true. And granted, I I say that like knowing that, okay, like there, there needs to be some follow-up with like, you know, yes, like different foods are easier to report and account for And there are more variations with foods, uh, with, with processed foods. Um, however, I I think at the time, what really interested me is that he was promoting, educating yourself as an athlete and he was promoting learning that, you know, Hey, like there, there are coaches out there that will take advantage of your ignorance. And if you, don't want to be deceived. If you don't want to be taken advantage of But part of that is going to fall on you to educate yourself. And that really attracted me just to the idea of, okay, like it's probably still going to happen because there are people who've been in the sport a lot longer, but I do want to come into a relationship or even just, a even just interactions. I want to come in well-prepared and I want to be educated enough so that, you know, I, I, I respect myself and I respect what I'm doing, but others also see, Hey, she's, she's not just going about this recklessly. Um, so I started, you know, building, you know, more of a fitness Instagram back in 2012 and just really just documenting, Hey, like this is what I'm eating. And these are my macros and here's a cardio I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, here's how I'm feeling. And just, it was more of like a a journal, honestly, back then Mm -hmm. it was never with the intention to turn it into like a business or even like, um, I don't know. It just, it was, it was a completely different intention. I think for a lot of people who, who started like early on, um, on Instagram. So I, you know, I shared a lot of what I was doing and granted my, my training at the time, um, it, it was still very focused on implementing progressive overload and training, you know, for the bikini body and the bikini division Mm in 2014, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, is way different.
0: Yeah. Way different than it is now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So yeah, like getting, getting to share that. I mean, um, it, it helped motivate me to continue educating myself. And I mean, I feel like the message I was putting out there and the information I was putting out there it helped me align with others who also value those same, um, those same principles and who value education. So, um, you know, I was able to develop, you know, my understanding of nutrition and training, um, in different capacities. And, um, yeah, I think like, I think I was able to figure out, okay, well, here are the fundamentals that like are in every physiology textbook, like every general Mm -hmm. phys class, like these things aren't, you can't really argue them, like how Mm. energy balance works. Um, so despite what I was seeing online and despite what I would hear, you know, friends of mine, like their coach would tell them, like, you can't do X, Y, and Z. It was like, yeah, but that's not science. Like, yeah, that's, there's no, that's,
0: that's bro science.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, and it's like challenge, challenge my beliefs, please tell me why I'm wrong. But like, if you don't have anything to support it, like if, mm-hmm. if there's not a firm understanding of it, it's going to be really hard to change those beliefs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you're, you're absolutely right. Lane, Lane Norton, I think is a great, great resource. And he's been putting out content, not just on social media, but I remember back in the day, like bodybuilding.com and all the forums and stuff. Um, you know, I was probably, pro- I feel I, I definitely r- relate to, to what you're describing as your journey. I'm a little older than you. But during that same time, like I was in graduate school and learning how to train for the first time and yeah, seeing all this stuff on social media and reading bodybuilding.com for articles and things like that. And, and I love that you took the time and effort to really understand the science behind physiology and nutrition. Cause you're absolutely right. There's there's science, there's practical reasons why we do the things we do when we're competing and when we're dieting. And if there's no ration, um, you know, or no rationale behind what we're doing. It's not necessarily helping or, or an effective way to go about your training and your, your programming. So I really, I really love that you said that.
1: Well, thank you. I, um, yeah, I, f- I do feel like in this day and age, there is a greater emphasis on educating yourself and there are coaches that make that a priority and that's a big part of their business model. But, you know, we both see it like in bikini, there's a scarcity when it comes to really good educators in our space that offer that information that's specific to our division, you know. And I I hope that I, I hope that I can use my platform to, you know, help just fill in some of those gaps. Because I mean they that information is available. I think it, it just um bikini often gets kind of lost in uh in the mix.
0: Absolutely. And that's and that's actually a great segue because I think that competitors that do educate themselves and really learn, learn what they're doing and why they're doing, why they're doing what they're doing. It allows you to get so much farther in a shorter amount of time. If you understand the concepts and, and the science behind, behind your preps and your off seasons and your eating and your training and your recovery and all those things. And I definitely see you as one of those athletes and Twenty twenty one was a really incredible year for you. I mean, you took the overall at Junior USAs, winning your pro card shortly after coming very close at USAs. I actually, at first, I didn't even realize you and you and I both did USAs together in twenty twenty. Um, right.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, now that's kind of clicked. Kind of on. a yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind
0: of such a. um, Kind of chaotic time with everything going on in 2020. But you took the overall it a national show, which is so impressive and so difficult to do. And then you went on to pro shows and were placing top five in essentially every every pro show you were doing. What do you what do you think allowed you to have that that amazing
1: trajectory? Hey, thank you. I, I really do appreciate um you saying that. I I think junior USA's my mindset was. You know, I was so close. I was was one point away at nationals. Um, from I was placed third in 2020, and the girl placed second. You know, there was one point difference. So you know, seeing that and then um, seeing that, I was I was really like, okay, you know what? Conditioning can definitely be improved. That's what I want. I want to go into Junior USA's, bringing bringing a more conditioned package, an improved package, and you know, I, I think just having that is my goal being like, Hey, this is goal. Number one, this is the, the most important thing. And then really like, Hey, I, I I've got to clean up my posing because I mean, it's not, it's not at a pro caliber. It's not at a, a, you know, top national caliber. And I don't, I shouldn't turn pro with these mistakes that are, that are very glaring, you know? So I, I approached junior USA's that way. And after Junior USAs. I mean, I've talked about this on a few podcasts. How I was not confident going into that show. I was very. I wish I like. I went, got my makeup, hair done by V. Came back to my room and like just wanted to like cry. Like I was really like. I don't know how I look. Like I can't see myself because I. I don't feel like. I don't feel certain that the look I'm bringing is going to be competitive and you know, I, my boyfriend, he's, he's asleep in bed. Cause I, we had a three 30 or 4 AM hair appointment and he turns over and he's like, you okay. Cause he, he, he can just tell. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this show. I don't know how, like, I just don't feel like I'm going to win today. Like, and I'm, I'm pissed that like, this is my headspace. Cause like I've in previous shows, like I, I've just been so much mentally, I've been uh, so much more mentally strong, just stronger. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he knew it. He already knew. Cause I mean, previous weeks going into that, going into that show, I mean, he was very, he, he's very honest about like, Hey, like you, you are not going to be ready and you're going to have to dig very hard. Um, and I think it was like two weeks, three weeks out. We're both having conversations together. Like, Hey, like I'm not where I need to be. And like every day is like essential in order to bring the look that I I want to bring, or even that I think is like good enough. And um, we we kind of talked. We're like, okay, well, can't do anything about it now. Having a sh- shitty attitude isn't gonna help. It's only gonna make things worse. So you got to go up there. You got to perform, and you got to remember this feeling because like this is avoidable. Like it's completely completely avoidable. And um, you know, after the show. I think we were driving to dinner and we talked about it and we're like, you know, it's amazing how just how we set these standards for ourselves um, that are just so just hard to attain. You know, as athletes, we, we say like, okay, we want, we want X, Y, and Z to happen when in reality, so much of it is out of our control. I mean, you're placing it a show. I, I say this to almost every competitor is you can't control who shows up. You can bring like a tenfold improved physique, but if every other person shows up, if they are like objectively better, like your efforts won't be rewarded. Like the person who looks the best is going to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told Patrick after that, I'm like, you know, I I really am disappointed that I I went into that show having so much doubt. And I don't want to do that moving forward because I, I just, I, what I did, I, I feel really happy i I, it's you know it just feels unreal to win to win the overall to to compete against girls that i'm looking at that i'm like you look incredible and in to be to be able to compete um it felt unreal because for so long i had told myself like yeah you don't really like that's not you like you're not on that level Mm -hmm. so it was a really nice way to like kind of have a clean slate going into you know just a a different um different part of my competition you know career just that that part of my life I'm like okay well you know what moving forward you can't you can't be competitive with this mindset so you know pick one or the other either you get to self sabotage and have these doubts but like you you're not going to like keep competing and go into shows like this cuz like you work you work too hard to have this attitude and the attitude is completely con- like controllable that that's within our control. So after junior USA's, you know, I was, was really happy, but I was like, okay, this is a clean slate. I, all of those doubts that I have about my ability to perform, I can, I can move forward and say, okay, I'm going to go off of the feedback I'm given. And I'm going to go off of what I know I'm actually doing, but I'm not going to take those with me into like a pro career. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: going into the mile high, a lot of people, it it's crazy to me. This like this mindset is just, it's wild. A lot of people, they, I had already, p- I picked the mile high. Honestly, I picked it like the day I got, like after Junior USA is that same night. Like I talked with Shane. And I'm like, that's the show I want to do. It's mm-hmm. reasonably far enough away. And um, there's enough time to make the improvements. I mean, we're we're still at the venue, like talking about what I wanted to improve on and what areas I could bring up and whenever like the list came out, um, you know, people were like, you know, are you sure you want to do your pro debut against Ashley? And I'm like, yeah, like that Mm -hmm. she's like miss bikini. Like she is like an icon in our division. Mm -hmm. Of course I want to like, I mean, she's, yeah. Yeah. I see
0: where you stand next. I was the same way. Like Patriot, we did Patriots together and that was my pro debut. And it's the same. I felt the same way. I was like, I want to see what I look like next to her. Like, I hope I get to stand next to her so that there's photos.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I think, um, you know, just, just with mile high, I mean, like I, I had very specific things I wanted to improve on, but the number one thing is I wasn't going to Go into that show with the same mindset I had going into Junior USA's. I was going to correct that, and I mean, I, there was about a three-week gap in between Junior USA's and the Mile High. And I mean, yes, I physically I made the improvements I needed to. I dropped, I think it was, I think it was about five pounds in that time period, and was able to bring that conditioning I I deemed was okay. This is competitive. This is acceptable. Um, I made some corrections on my posing, made some new mistakes on my posing too. And I really just hammered home this idea. Like, you're going to go into the show. You don't get to be negative. Like you have to like show up every day and decide, like you are going to think you're going to think like a champion. You're going to think like going into it. You're not going to let your mindset be what beats you before you even step on stage. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing, yeah, and I I really relate to that. And I think a lot of a lot of just women competitors or not can relate to that, right? The feeling of we're not good enough, or having those thoughts that that we're not good enough at times. Right. So out, outside of just deciding, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to think this way anymore. Was there anything you did to kind of address that the mindset of of telling yourself you're not good enough, or or quieting the negative self talk? I.
1: Right. I think why it helps a lot. Um, I guess what I, the advice I would give to anyone who's struggling with that is you have to treat that like a daily task. Like that has to be like your mental hygiene has to be something like you wake up and you have that thought. You don't just let it go and just like, let it sit and be like, Oh, I don't believe that. Like, no, you're like, no, I don't. I, that thought is Irrational. That is not logical. And you know, you challenge it, you you neutralize it. But I I think making that a habit and making it something that you do regularly, for me at least, that that has helped tremendously. Um, that has made it to where when I do have, you know, bouts of self-doubt, I do know how to handle them. And you know, some sometimes like they're, they're there are gonna be times where, you know, they they arise and you know, it's more difficult to manage, but I think it does come down to realizing like, Hey, it, it, it's your subconscious trying to protect you from, you know, failing because, because you, you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to feel that, um, that failure. And if, if you have the belief that like, Hey, like it's, it's okay when you're, when you're giving your best, when you're showing up and like, there's nothing else that you could have done regardless of outcome. Like there's nothing to be upset about when, Mm -hmm. you know, when you go to a show and you're competing against. Olympians, girls that have been on the pro stage for you know five, six, seven years. If you bring your best, like that should be good enough, regardless of how you place. And if you get lost, I mean it's like, hey, but did did you look your best? Did you show up and like did you know there was nothing else that like kind of left on the table? And I don't know. I think um making that as important as the diet and the training in a season, I think that um that self-work, I think that's a huge, huge strength for, for people that, that some people don't, don't know, Hey, like, I'm, I'm not capitalizing on this. I'm not even considering this to be something I I can do better.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great point. It's a great point Were there, were there other things or just, or things that you do in your, in your prep or training that, that you feel like helped set you apart or helped you have such an, an amazing year turning pro and, and placing so well as a new pro all in the same
1: year? That's a, it's a great question. Um, last year, I, I think there was a lot I did incorrectly and, you know, this year I am trying to utilize that as a lesson and a way to, you know, objectively make improvements. Um, I, I think the way I dieted last year, I I don't think that that is some, something to be like admired or even to, Mm -hmm. even as a reference point, you know, and I, I just, I, I want to be really like candid about that. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with the conditioning I had at the mile high, but to get that conditioning, the means at which the things I had to do to get that conditioning, Um, I just, I don't think we're optimized and I think it's really important, um, you know, for listeners to remember, like when you're seeing people online, you can see their placing, you can see how they did at a show. You can even see a picture and be like, oh, that's how I want to look. Okay. How'd she prep? Just because someone achieved something doesn't mean that it was optimal and doesn't mean that it was like, not that there weren't consequences associated with that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think last year I, I will say something that I did that I think really helped. And I I would recommend others do it as well is practice their posing. Like, I mean, really, really nail those fundamentals because as much as it might come natural, that is going to be something that separates you from others on stage at, at national shows at the pro level. And I think it's an area, a lot of people might self-included for a long time. I just didn't, treat, um, as importantly. And, you know, last year I, I kind of knew early on, I'm like, okay, this is going to be something I have to manage myself and I'm going to be in charge of. So because of that, like, I'm going to have to put in the time. And if that means working on things that maybe to other girls, maybe they don't have to practice. Maybe like it it comes really naturally to them. If I have to put in that extra time, like that's what I have to do. But like, I want to be able to show up and know that like, I feel as good as I can with my posing and I can always get better, but like, I want to know, Hey, I did everything I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like that mindset, like it does apply to yeah. diet, nutrition, or those are the same things. Sorry. <laughs> nutrition training. Um, everything is like, you know, are you executing things to your, to the best of your ability? Um, and everyone has areas that they're not uh, myself included. You have things that like, kind of get last. They're just not the most important. And it's important to circle back around and be like, Hey, like, okay, what is getting, what is being the most neglected right now? And mm-hmm. is there anything more I can do?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, that's a great point. And also to hear you say you did so many things incorrectly or things that you feel, you feel like you did things incorrectly last year. It'll be exciting to see you get on stage where you feel like you have done things correctly, so to speak. Right. So that'll be that'll be really, really awesome. Um and and I I think just knowing you and and so much of the content you're putting out this year, it's it seems like you've got a very methodical approach to what you're doing. And you're absolutely right. If you're neglecting any aspect of your prep, whether it's posing or the training intensity or things like that, you're not, you're not setting yourself up to be as competitive as you could be.
1: Absolutely. And you know the sport itself is so time consuming. It's like, why do any of it if you're not going to do it correctly? Why, and you know, and I, that is, I, I don't want to call it like mantra, but that like when I need that extra, like kick in the butt, that's what I tell myself is like, hey, like why, why are you suffering? Like, why are you making, why are you doing any of it mm-hmm. if you're not going to do it the way you know you should do it? Yeah. You know, whenever I'm, I'm struggling like to get out the door to go to the gym where I'm just, I'm just completely just zero energy. I'm like, you, you don't have to do this. You can actually stop right now and no one will be mad at you. No one, no one will honestly care and it's okay. But like you're doing this cause you want to do it. So do like respect yourself enough to do mm-hmm. it the way you know you should.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like value yourself enough to give it your actual best effort and not not eighty percent or not ninety percent, but a hundred percent, which is yes, hard to do.
1: Very, that was articulated much much better. Thank you.
0: No, your girl, you're you're you said it just fine. <laughs> so so um, this year, you've mentioned, and I know you've talked about it on on some other podcasts and whatnot, and and you're sharing your YouTube vlogs, which are for me, I I like, I love them. I kind of geek out watching your updates. And, and I think I'm going to need to buy a copy of your prep tracker spreadsheet. Cause it is way more beefed up than what I, what I'm typically using. Um, and I think it's so cool that you're doing that. So anyway, so you decided to prep yourself this year. What, what made you decide to go down that path
1: for 2022? So I think with, um, I think with how last year went, what I realized is that I, I, really love the process of competing and, you know, managing these variables. Um, Anyone who's watched my check-in videos, they know like there's a lot of time that goes into that. And that isn't something I would ever expect from any coach, no matter the rate. I mean, that is an absurd amount of time spent into that I'm putting into managing my prep. And I think it was you know, last year I I did realize I'm like, you know, I, I love this. I I really enjoy looking at these variables and manipulating them and, and, you know, kind of, kind of having one chef in the kitchen. Um, there, I, I think there's a heavy emphasis, um, you know, on getting ready for your show and being in shape. I don't think that there is as much of an emphasis on how you go about it. And, that was something that I saw as a challenge for myself this year, um, being that I think I can do it better than I did last year. Last year's prep was very, very condensed. It was very short. And because of that, the means I had to take from a cardio and diet and training perspective, I mean, they were, they were just very extreme. And as someone who always has been kind of anti like taking, just like reckless, like approaches to fat loss, you know, they, they work, they, the approaches work, but like there is going to be effects after that, that like, you can't really avoid. And I don't think that, I don't think that your off season has to be as challenging, even um, psychologically or physically, if you execute your prep in a way that, you know, is I don't want to say healthy because we know that the sport isn't healthy. Getting this lane is not healthy, but there are better ways to do it. And seven, eight weeks losing like 18 pounds. It's not smart. It's just not. And having, having, having yourself in like a 3000 calorie deficit is like, why? Like, why, why did you not pick a lighter show? And, you know, um, I kind of feel like this year I've been able to lay things out and, and really, I I hope educate others on like, Hey, like it's still going to be hard getting lean. There's a certain body fat, you know, body weight for every person that it's going to start to get uncomfortable. And then there's a body weight that is just going to be like really hard to manage regularly, but you don't have to take those extremes. Like you, you can do it in a way that's a little more thought out. And doesn't result in you having to do two and a half hours of cardio and, and eat, you know, sub a thousand calories. I mean, there are better ways. And I think, um, yeah, I think this year, I I'm, I'm excited to be able to share that with people and to continue to show like, Hey, like it, it right now, like it, it doesn't feel good. Like it, it is where I'm at from a body fat standpoint. It's very challenging pretty much every day, but also, with that, I'm doing 80 minutes less cardio than I was last year, and wow. I have, and I have seven seven weeks left, and I just came off a diet break, and I'm not, I'm eating 500 calories more, and I, I don't say that that's not like a flex of like ooh look how much I'm eating because I I really I kind of have a thing about that like that's that doesn't really help people, um, but with that being said like i'm I'm at fifteen hundred that's my average per day. that is a much more advantageous position to be in even from a body composition standpoint at this point in a prep mm-hmm. and last year, I don't know if I would have believed that it was a poss- that it was possible to get even where I'm at right now on on more calories than what I was at at the time
0: mm-hmm. yeah well it's it sounds like. You probably are prepping for longer this time around, maybe, right? Are you giving yourself more time?
1: Um, the last year I, I started my prep, started my prep the end of January for a middle may show. I think junior USA's was may 15th. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I was one forty um, at the end of March, even though we had technically been prepping for eight weeks. Um, calories were high ish, but cardio was also high cardio Mm -hmm. was already at cardio. Cardio was already at an hour, a little over an hour even, Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of weight to lose still. And I mean, I was hitting, hitting everything, you know, my last coach told me to do, but I think just from a, like from a bigger picture, I don't know if, Um, there was an expectation. I I don't know if, you know, on, on his part, maybe he thought I was going to be able to lose that weight, or maybe if other athletes are able to lose that amount of weight in a shorter amount of time, I didn't want to start this prep. I didn't want to go into it and wait until I got to that point where it's like, okay, now it's crunch time. Like now you really Mm -hmm. have to push, Mm -hmm. um, because the, the longer you're dieting, I mean, like the discipline adherence, it's a finite resource and, it does get harder the longer you do it, the leaner you get. So this year, I I didn't really even pick a single show. I just said, okay, like I know generally what my stage weight should be. Here's the body fat, the body weight I'm at now, and here's how long it would take to lose it, uh, to lose that weight, if I do this, you know, this approach consistently. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I guess I'm. I know it should be a simple answer. But last year I didn't, I was never under the impression, oh, we're going to try to lose this weight in eight weeks. Like I, I went to it. Shame with like 16 weeks. I believe that mm-hmm. math is close to right. I, I went in with like, Hey, here's, here's all the time we have. I'd like to do junior USAs. Here's where I'm at. I'm checking in every three to four days. So it's not like I was dipping out for like a month and like, Oh, Hey, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why
0: yeah. my weight's yeah. the same surprise.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I think the timelines, I think the amount of time provided at, at the beginning of prep was actually very similar. I think the attention to detail, um, this year is like microscopic, which, you know, that kind of goes back to like, why, why I wanted to coach myself. It's like, I, I can't expect any coach, anyone to give me that same attention. Um, But I I do think like having that timeline and like hitting the ground, like hard from the beginning, I think that helped a ton just from a, um, even just from a stress standpoint, just mentally knowing, Hey, like I'm, I am losing consistently. I am going to be ready because I mean, six weeks out from junior USA's last year, I Patrick and I were like, there's no way there's, I have no idea how I'm going to be ready. Like this seems impossible.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that you feel like this year things are going in a different direction. And again, even, even you mentioning that, you know, last year you feel like it wasn't optimal or ideal. You still had such an incredible year as an athlete. So it will be very exciting. I think for, um, for not only you to just experiencing it, to experience it, but also followers, people who support you are going to be excited to see how your season goes.
1: I am really pumped. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, And I have to imagine too, you know, this, this time around, you've probably got more muscle than last year. Right. I, from what I vaguely remember you wrapping up your season, it seemed like you were reversing smartly and all that too. and, And all that plays, plays a big role and, and where, how we're set up to start a prep. Do you think those are, are some of the things that are different or is it just the level of attention to, to detail and, and tracking a lot of variables?
1: I think you're, I think you're right. I think there's been some improvements from a muscularity standpoint. Um, I would, I would say I'm probably a couple pounds heavier. Um, I, building muscle, you know, when, when you've been, I I know, you know, this, like when you've been training, as long as, as long as you and I both have, like, it's very difficult to add even a pound. I mean, it's challenging. So, I mean, like you have to, you have to work for it. And I think some of the changes we made in the, oh, sorry. Some of the changes I made in the off season were, um, really just completely restructuring my training. Um, that was a really, really big one that even currently I'm, I'm very happy that I did. Um, I, I say that because I, I just, I just took a diet break and part of that was implementing a deload. So my total volume for my workouts was decreased. Um, not significantly. I mean, yet yes. Significantly in some ways, but like, I mean, the expectation was, Hey, continue lifting the same weight for all your lifts. So for like hip thrust, that that's, High three hundreds, like the weight was constant. It was just, hey, we're gonna drop your top sets down um, by one to two, and then on your isolation movements, we're gonna drop one or two sets off, depending on how many you have. And I feel that even now, I can recognize a big part of why I'm able to continue dieting the way I am, and in losing, is because of that change I made in my off season with my training and. Um, I don't, don't think we touched on this, but I actually hired John Jewett for my training, coaching, like my programming as a whole, um, last year. And I mean, I, I was told by a lot of people, Hey, like you're, you're doing everything correctly. Like there's nothing else you can do. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I might have been doing a lot correctly, but like my volume for my training was way too high, and I, I do think that that contributed to getting injured um, after the mile high and between those those other two pro shows. And I think that's something that in our division, like, often gets overlooked how much volume an athlete's doing and how mm-hmm. to manage that volume, not just um, in their off season and not just when you know they haven't you know hitting it really hard, but also when they're dieting because I mean there's dietary fatigue, but there's also training fatigue and. If you're not at least aware of how those things are affecting your athlete, you're gonna find that like you're either under recovered, which you know, maybe to some extent we all are, but there there are ways to manage this fatigue as someone gets leaner and deeper into a prep. And I think it plays a huge role in the longevity of your season. And if you're someone, I mean, I I know I last year I, I wanted to do more shows. It just was a matter of, Hey, like you, you can't really do more shows. Cause you can't train like you're, you're injured. And, mm-hmm. and that I think is something that is, is avoidable. If you, if you decide early enough on, Hey, like I'm going to, I'm going to take the necessary precautions to not injure myself.
0: Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. And you're absolutely right. A lot of, a lot of competitors find themselves, especially bikini doing crazy amounts of volume. Um, I know, I know I definitely was in that boat early on in my competition days. I kind of, you know, I was doing a lot of my programming with my first coach and yeah, you just, you're in the, you'll find yourself in the gym for three hours, but the reality is that's not necessarily benefiting you to be there that
1: long. Right. Right. No, I I completely agree.
0: Well, that's, that's amazing. I'm glad I'm glad that you you made that discovery and feel like even with everything you were doing right there was still more more room to improve and I loved hearing about that I know you we went into detail about some of your training and all that on Celeste podcast which was really really awesome to listen to and I love I love Celeste that was a great episode
1: thank you thank you so much
0: so as you look forward to this year how are how are you feeling in terms of I guess the shows themselves and what this year might look like for competing but i know you've got other things on your plate too and before we start recording you mentioned you're in nursing school which is you know it's i'm always so impressed with people who are in school or work demanding full-time jobs and manage to do to do this and to be so successful at it so what is i mean what are you looking forward to this year what kind of what goals or things do you want to set out to accomplish for yourself
1: hey. So I think I'll be hitting my first show towards the end of May. And then in June, you know, we've got shows pretty much every weekend. I mean, I think there's multiple weekends where there's like two shows going on. So I, I have a few shows planned out and really I, I'd, like, I'd like to improve on some of the mistakes I think I made last year, um, just from a like presentation standpoint. Um, there's some things with my posing, you know, that I, I really would like to iron out and I'd like to, I'd like to refine, but I mean, as you, you know, like it's something that you can't do unless you're on stage. I mean, you can practice as much as you want, you know, leading up to it during prep, but like, it's those reps of actually being on stage, being in front of the judges that I think they really move the needle and really add up to, you know, like improvements season to season, So I I have some pretty specific goals there. Um, I would like to come out of this season and do it a a little smoother than last year. I think last year it was really difficult because I mean, the last um, last two to three weeks uh, of my prep, even before I hit those two pro shows, I wasn't training and I was in a really steep deficit and because of that, it was like, this really isn't the way I want to end the season. I didn't get to like really get, I guess, get closure and be like, oh, hey, this was your first pro season. Um, I think how you end a prep is honestly like, it's going to play a huge role in how your off season goes and like, you know, getting off on the right foot. And, you know, I, I am a fan of, I am a fan of like, you know, treating your off season. Um, how do I want to say this? I, I think your off season, if you're looking to be a really competitive pro or even just competitive athlete, you have to, you have to be an athlete, even when mm-hmm. you're not cutting. And, yeah. um, I, I didn't feel like how I ended my season. It wasn't a great setup. So going into my off season, it was like very scrambled, very chaotic. And, um, I I'd like to do that a little, a little smoother, but this year, I, I would like to win a pro show, and that's one of the goals I have, you know, for myself. Um, it's a very steep goal because I mean the level of competition is incredible, and I mean that's even that makes this process even more exciting because I mean it it there isn't such a thing as an easy show. I mean, everyone is showing up, you know, better every every show, mm-hmm. every season, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of athletes who are hitting you know four, five, six shows even, so. I, I would like to stand next to some of the competitors I, I shared the stage with last year. I would also like to stand next to new competitors, to competitors that I admire. I mean, I, I think every time you're next to someone, it gives you an opportunity to really look at your own physique and see what weaknesses that other athlete highlights. And I mean, yeah, I, I just want to improve as an athlete, but I, I would I mean, the the big goal that I'm I'm aiming for is uh I'd like to win a pro show. So uh hopefully we're able to do that. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do do everything I can to you know facilitate that. But um yeah, I I am excited. I mean, in my personal life, I mean, this is a really big milestone uh being in nursing school and you know, entering entering nursing school um, was something that I've been working towards for like years now and, um, to finally, you know, get to that next step and, um, you know, further myself, you know, on that side of things. I mean, that that's really exciting too.
0: Yeah. That's, that's such a, yeah. I'm just so impressed by you, Corey. It's, it's a lot to juggle being a bikini pro and coaching, coaching athletes and going to nursing school all at once. It's, um, you know, for the entire time I competed, I was up until like two weeks ago that worked in engineering and it's, it's very challenging. I'm sure, I'm sure you found depending on your, like what's going on with your classes and things like that. It's your time management has to be so on point. And there's so many times where you just want to do nothing and you can't because you don't have the luxury of the time to just chill or relax or take a day off because the demands of school or work are a lot. And so are, so are the demands of competing.
1: Right No, I I completely agree. I'm glad. I I'm glad you said that because it it is something that it does make you question the more, I guess, the more you have on your plate, you have to wake up and pick competing and pick being like a competitive athlete. You have to decide you want that every single day. And if your, why is not strong, you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, you know what? not doing cardio because I got four hours of sleep and I have to, you know, I, I have to be in class or be at work in a few hours, you know, you'll, you'll pick the easier route if you don't have a strong why, which, you know, I, I am trying to see it as an opportunity with more things, more doors opening for, you know, in my life, I'm trying to see it as, okay, well, this is a really good test to make sure that I actually do want to be in this sport in this capacity because if I don't, I need to decide sooner than later. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's um, it'll be fun to see how this season goes. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, I'll be rooting for you, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll also find ourselves on stage together, um, maybe later this year.
1: Yeah, I would love that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Okay, so before we wrap up, I just wanna wanna ask you: Do you have any just any tips or any pieces of advice for for maybe, um, newer competitors or those, those that look up to you or follow you on social media, what piece of advice would you give them?
1: I think what I I think what I would have found helpful. Um, and I, I, I wish I knew sooner was adherence is the number one, number one variable. If you're going to stress about anything, don't stress about supplements. Don't stress about your soup color, stress about your adherence. And if that's not perfect, the whole prep is gonna be harder. And it doesn't mean that those other variables aren't important. They they are, but your ability to adhere to your diet and like, not just say, hey, I'm on plan, but actually like, be like, hey, I'm hungry and I'm not gonna cheat. That's something that I think kind of gets watered down um and isn't as emphasized um as i as i think it should be. And usually when someone is in a position where they're like, hey, I'm not losing weight or I'm not seeing progress, my progress is slowed, it's stalled, adherence is something that like I look to very like that's the very first thing we look at. And I am talking about, you know, yes, contest uh athletes that are in prep, but also lifestyle athletes. And I think a lot of issues can be resolved with looking at, um, how you're executing your diet and any areas that, you know, maybe you're, you indirectly aren't fully aware that, Hey, like you're not executing fully, or there's like room for improvement. But I, I think what I I've heard a lot of lately is either coaches or just figures in the space point to other things and be like, Oh no, this is, her issue or no, she's special. And she's got this separate thing that like, we can't explain it, but like, no, now we have to do all, we have to jump through all these different hoops and it's like, okay, but like, are we really like as coaches in the space, are we really doing our clients um, justice by like assessing like, Hey, it, it's not easy to tell a client, like, Hey, I, I need you to, I need you to be able to be honest about everything you're doing. And let's figure out if there is room for improvement. And if there's not, then we need to adjust our goals. We need to adjust our expectations and that's okay. That's completely fine. But I I think right now, um, what I, what I would advise like newer competitors and then just people who are just trying to further themselves in fitness is like execute the most important things, which, you know, is going to be your diet and your training. And then, then start looking at the things that maybe don't have the same kind of impact, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's your you're spot on with that advice. If you can't be consistent and really doing everything at 100%, you're not going to see the same results and you're not going to get as far as you want to go, most likely. So that's really great advice. So before I let you go, Corey, how can people get in touch with you?
1: So I am on Instagram. I I'm at Corey, C O R Y underscore F I T. And I've got my email set up there. So if, um, if you'd like to shoot me an email, if you're interested in any kind of spreadsheet or any kind of coaching service that I offer, um, you can reach me there. Um, DMs, you're welcome to send me a DM, but I think email is going to be the faster response. So.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for coming on. It was wonderful to talk to you and. Best of luck with the rest of your prep. I'll be looking forward to seeing you get on stage again soon.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. This was great.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can also give us a follow on Instagram at bikini underscore things. And if you want to check out what I'm doing with my clients and just a little bit more about my coaching, you can go ahead and check out at more m o r e athletics on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening. Catch you in the next one.